All right, everybody, let's get into this episode about how to spot a BS healer. So this is really rife in the collective right now, and it's really rife in the field, to be honest. And many of you know, if you've been listening to the, this podcast, I did not want to be in this field. I was like, no, but it was really, you need to. <laughs> you don't got a choice, baby. You got to do it. So here we are. And I want to help you guys out with being able to identify as you go along your journey, who's legit, who's not, how do I discern, what's the deal, Tally? So let's dive in. Spiritual BS really runs hand in hand with spiritual narcissism and gatekeeping. Let me tell you a little story. So arrogance and ego is a filter that is there to hold the level of resonance that you're at. It's literally like a quantum structure. Okay. The ego is part of the personality. It's a very important tool to have and we need it. And as we come along our journeys, it's really easy to get puffed up and get high on your own supply and not have that shit in check if you're surrounded by people who are always gassing you up. So what I see a lot in this community is people will move into realms around, well, they'll move into the fourth dimension. Okay. And then they'll move into the lower astral of the fourth, which is the space before the fifth. And it's so insidious and so crazy. A lot of offers get made. Like, I'll give you this if you give me that. And then a lot of these healers have no idea. They get taken out like that. And then they may seemingly have these big lives, but they're kind of a mess. So a lot of naivety is also goes hand in hand with stepping into this work and people who have abilities, they think they're special and they're really excited and they want to just, you know, oh my God, let me just heal people. It's going to be so amazing. All that's great. But again, those who are in this practice have it as part of their soul's journey to do it. It's a very strong storyline and timeline that they have come to fulfill. I know that for myself, I'm in like an initiation where at least I, I believe this is what's going on so far. I more to be revealed to me, but I've had many, many lifetimes in shamanic work and doing what I'm doing now. And in this lifetime, I haven't been able to get to this particular level. So I have now, this is all very new for me. I'm in this initiation period where I'll come back a handful of times and then move into, you know, whatever else I'm supposed to move into. So I don't even really know what that means. And I don't even really know if that's accurate, but here we go. So when I was first getting access to things, I was saying like my sight was changing and I was accessing, I was expanding my awareness into other places of consciousness, other realities, while and understanding advanced spatial referencing, being basically third person, watching the player live the game that I was controlling. So higher self watching you, the avatar, right? And the soul having the experience in this simulation. So it's basically seeing yourself from multiple versions. So you're almost like the observer, watching the observer, observing itself kind of thing. So when I first started to understand that, I was really excited and I wanted to go explore everything. And we were moving up in dimensional, in dimensional order and I was meditating with someone who was able to generate frequencies at a higher velocity than I was just strictly because he was male and I'm female and I have, yes, I have my own power. I know what it is that I do, but I have very feminine, nurturing, gentle, precise frequencies. And he had more power. It made more sense. So we were able to, you know, I was getting a lot of boost from him and we ran into this deep pattern around sacrifice with the Catholic church. And I remember us 
<laughs> going, I remember saying, I was like, why can't we just break this auric field of religion? Why can't we just do that? Right. Just so naive, like the arrogance. And so we tried it and we got like hit, <laughs> like literally like swatted and totally thrown off the course. And we, and you know, like the energy, our energy levels went really down and we had to kind of start piecing ourselves back together and work on each other and go, what just happened? And I remember we were kind of going back up in resonance and I was taken and shown into this like museum of darkness. Basically, this is how we do everything. This is what goes on. And isn't this really cool? And I remember like, wow, this is really fascinating. I really want to know the details of how the darkness works. I want to know all this shit. And it was a wild distraction. And meanwhile, I was just getting just hammered. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, oh my God, can I really do this? Oh my God, right? And it was really, really good learning. So yes, I cleaned up. I learned a lot. And because I went through that whole process, I can share it and I can spot all of this stuff so clearly. So when someone says they're accessing this and working with this person and doing that, I was like, this is bullshit. No, no, not true. So this is going to be, you know, hopefully a, a good and instructive and informative podcast for you guys. So first, let's just identify like basically what a bullshitter is. A bullshitter is not necessarily a bad person, but rather one that has a tendency to, number one, misrepresent themselves frequently, either to you or to themselves. Two, forget the discussed boundaries of any relationship. Okay, so they get real slippery. Three, have completely unspoken expectations. So what do I mean by that? It almost runs a little bit with narcissism where they literally have, they expect you to do something that is like, well, yeah, that's just known. You didn't know that. You didn't know that like Archangel Michael and Ezekiel do this. Oh, so there's a lot of gaslighting that goes on with having unspoken expectations. Four, they are selective about boundaries. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And I'm talking about spiritual boundaries. So the way that they will actually read you and tap into you will feel invasive to you. It won't feel like they have authentic access. So here's the truth about tapping in. When you move beyond the veils of time, you have access. You are not out of ethics by connecting with someone instantly and just saying, hey, let me just like tap into Marilyn really fast. Meaning like I'm going to go to Google Maps, type in Marilyn, and she's just right there. Okay. It's not invasive to that soul. If you have the access, you're not out of integrity. There's a lot of people who don't. And if they were to do that, they're told that because they don't have the access. So it's out of integrity and unethical for them but not for someone who has full clearance of that particular, let's say, security level. So there are security clearances, you guys. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it is like spiritual Pokemon. It's like a video game. So if you are betrothed knowledge and you do well with that knowledge, you basically get to go to other levels. So there might be a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but they they don't know how to integrate that knowledge into the body or they don't know how to maintain their own personal integrity, or they get lost in really slippery, seductive stuff. And it just gets, it's kind of a mess. So pay attention to that. There's a big difference between living from a state of consciousness and tapping into it. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So, okay. The next thing you need to learn is how to identify people who do not value you enough to create a meaningful relationship. So There's a lot of respect that is inherently created with someone who is clear. So 
There are some people who will come in to sessions with me who I can tell, I'm like, man, they just, this isn't a, this doesn't really feel like a good fit, but we're going to see how the session goes. So there's a lot that they have to clean up and I'm not the healer for everybody, right? Or the, you know, transformation self-mastery person for everybody. I recognize that. However, they're very, very few and far between. For the most part, you guys are absolutely spectacular. It's a blast. Like, I love this. And there's just, I would say like one to two challenging cases that have come across that have just been mean, right? Just like not nice. So generally your community is a reflection of what you actually need to work on. So every time I have gone out of my way to over accommodate somebody because they haven't been able to make a session, I always get it shoved in my face. It's disrespectful. It doesn't feel good. It isn't not good. So I have very, very firm boundaries around people being responsible for their sessions, understanding these things. Fran knows it. I know it. The people who are coming into the organization knows it. My time is valuable. Your time is valuable. Our time is very valuable. The, everything is very approachable for a reason. And this work is really powerful. It's potent. We get to business and like, let's go. Like, I don't really want to like dick around with details, right? It's nice to have feedback. It's great because it helps me go down the right track. And I was like, cool. But I know that the work is working. Whether or not you're on the call or not, it's working. So in look for how their audience is. Look for how they build relationships. And if they have active engagement, if they have, you know, a solid community, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be, you know, active. At least for me, I like to see how active is the community, how much are they the community will will support the person effortlessly and build them up and help them any way they can and support them in the way, any way that they can because they appreciate the work, they appreciate the person, and they are getting benefit from it. If you're seeing that and feeling that and you're like, yeah, this person's the real deal, it's authentic, I connect, like I'm in, that's a good sign. So, okay, character. Listen, literally listen to the words that certain healers say. Pay attention to their character. I know on TikTok, there's a lot of healers, healers in quotes out there that have very big followings that will literally go after people. That is violence. (laughs) If you're actually running that type of patterning and you want to go after individual creators in the way that I've seen it be done, it is typically a reflection of unhealed internal childhood trauma or trauma in general. Next is you want to look at, so I'm going to give you some, I'm going to run down a number of things to look at for finding, let's say healer red flags. So here are five to six things to look at for healer red flags. One, polarization. Polarization as fact. If they're, this is bad, this is good, you know, like quantum healing is bullshit Newtonian physics is accurate. You guys aren't real. And they're constantly going after trying to disprove and gaslight something that's been actively proven by the CIA. That's kind of a red flag on where that person's awareness is. Someone who is walking the middle path will look at both sides. Yes, they're going to have a fired up opinion about stuff because they want to catalyze, you know, change, but it's not so polarizing. They haven't reconciled polarization yet. So they're still very much in that um, polarity. Next, they live double lives. So they will present one way on social media 
and they will try really hard to show that they're just like hashtag living their best life that they're going to all these parties and it's all it's this way or it's this and that but you can feel like something's kind of off if their lives are a mess that's a big red flag too it's really important to keep yourself as a clear channel and be able to hold the container that you hold for others and do it with a high level of integrity okay the next thing to look out for is they are our outer body focused so this is why I have a little bit of like I'm reconciling my polarity around plant medicine because I think done often and frequently it's very damaging and some of you guys know my opinion on this I'm going to have a separate episode on it but it shoots you out of the body you have no idea how to get back into space time and you have no idea how to integrate the work that you saw the information that you saw and the distortion patterns that are still living in the body so I have put and stitched people back together so often it's crazy so over and over and over again. And I was like, I'm actually not going to do this anymore. You really need to learn how to stay in your body. Like I get that plant medicines help you access higher realms and help move beyond really, really sticky patterns around abuse, trauma, addictions, things like this. It's a tool. It's not something to use weekly. Like if you're literally microdosing ketamine you know, every other day, every weekend, every month, or, you know, there's always something. There's something on the table all the time that is, to me, that would be a red flag. So if there's a healer that's constantly having kombu workshops or plant medicine ceremonies all the time in Costa Rica, and it's so cliche, I, I want to throw up, where everything is white and there's just, you know, Merkabas everywhere in gold and there's alchemizing, next level 5D, whatever, I'm just, I'm out. I'm out. I'll see you. Good luck with that. All good. I'm not for manufacturing enlightenment. It's really, really important to know the steps of how you got somewhere because you're way more empowered when you do that. One of the biggest patterns that I see with people is that they come here to override in in this particular incarnation or, or let's say space-time coordinate is empowerment. They want to be able to empower themselves. There are a lot of times when I will see a lot of stuff going on and your higher selves will tell me she needs to do this or he needs to do this on her on his own just kind of give him the map and let him go and i was like oh my god this is fucking amazing this next level of of like transformation work when you're really tapped into it is all about self-sourcing and i'm about ready to talk about that so hold on a second the next thing is they put themselves in a hierarchy so if they're you know, putting themselves above you? Are they claiming to be expert all the time? They have it all figured out. They are constantly selling you over them or the I'm so special paradigm. Leave. It's total bullshit. It's constantly like, oh my God, my abilities are really ramping up. Or I, you know, I've gotten through this like two week period of extensive upgrades. I've been woken up in the middle, in the middle of the night to meditate. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't, really like happened to me the same way they're presenting it. I go through constant detox pretty much. I just don't really talk about it because I have a hundred percent accepted that if I'm in a constant state of expansion and self-reflection work and transmutation work, that I will constantly be redefining and def- and defining my own rendering. So, and I'm honest about it. I was like, dude, I'm in this too. Like, I don't have all this shit figured out. If someone is claiming to have a lot of that shit figured out, ooh, baby, run. That to me is a major red flag. So the next thing 
I'll say is outsourcing. Look out for the healers that are constantly saying that they're working with Archangel Michael. I'm the second Mary. Like you need to discern here because there are definitely people who are in this particular, let's say, bandwidth of frequencies that will call in and quote unquote channel certain beings of light. To me, what I understand right now is all of our guides are higher versions of ourselves. They're just versions of us in other dimensions. I'm not saying that these beings aren't real, and I'm not saying that these people aren't doing that. However, when you're on your awakening path, the only thing you need is connection to your higher self. That's it. Connection to your higher self in service to pure source. That's the game. If you're constantly, if these people are constantly outsourcing your power and theirs, also something to look at. Or so-and-so is here. Sometimes there will be beings that enter the chat, okay? Sometimes there will be high-level beings that come in. There'll be people who are watching and very interested in the support. And if it feels authentic to the experience, and even me as someone who's guided this situation or been in session where I've had visitors, I have to really ask, what is the intention here? What do you guys want to do? What is this all about here? Because there's a lot of, let's say, higher dimensional beings rooting for us here on earth. And... It's a really, it's special to have that support, but it's not the truth. It's not the only truth. So channels in general have agreed to give up their vessel in order to get information. I'm more of the agreement in, in the camp where you expand your awareness coming from inside your body, being totally embodied in the present moment, anchored in the present moment. You expand your awareness and you have access to all of that. That's how I'm able to connect with all kinds of dimensions, you guys. Any type of star system, any type of alien, doesn't matter. They're just there. That information is just there. And it's very matter of fact. Yes, my frequency has to be higher. Then I got to ramp it up to be able to hold that connection. But I like if I didn't live from a higher level of consciousness, I wouldn't be able to even ramp it up to get to any kind of level. So there's a big difference. So, okay, the next thing to watch watch out for is delusional new age language. This again was one of the main things that kind of deterred me because I didn't see a community that I really connected with when I was even considering doing this. So like 10 years ago, I created a pseudo name called Fontaine and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just like join this like psychic network and maybe I'll just do like these baby readings for like $15. And yeah, that didn't work out because there was just so much imposter and people were crazy and they always wanted to know about love or money. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. It's awful. And I had more cleanup to do, but it was this new age community language that I was really, really turned off by. I didn't really connect with a lot that was going on. I mean, I kind of took some and left the rest, which I think is a good practice for anybody considering going into anything, right? Take what you like and leave the rest kind of vibe. But when I hear shit like I've been accessing next level golden dragon, 5D Christed unicornian activation codes for polymath creatrixes who are ready to step into their Isis sent me mission, goddess power in this reality and transcend templates of the old order in order to fulfill my soul's mission as an ascended master. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? What did you say? No one understands that shit. You sound certifiable. Come back down to earth for real. So a lot of you guys 
when you're expanding and moving into your meditations, you'll come out through the center of your head, through your pineal, and you'll project, and then you'll leave your body and go into that projection. And then a lot of people who are in the new age community, because it's so outer focused and astral travel and projection and all this shit, there's not a lot of embodiment talked about there. They will go into the realities and then stay there. So they're constantly in other realities and not in their bodies. And that's why they just get super screwed. So eventually, like I said, you'll understand that moving into self-sourcing is the way. It's literally what Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all these guys were saying, I am the way is the self-sourcing. So it's you strapped into your higher self in service to pure source, recording information, living your life, sending all this data back to the collective as you know, a cup of the ocean water, right? So a clear conduit, for example, oh, one more thing, look out for the gatekeeping and how much they charge. So I see a lot of gouging in this spiritual community. These people are, you know, they have access to high level, you know, resources or let's say connections and they're just charging their fucking asses off. And that like mazel, if that's what you want to do. But I swear I haven't met a single clear person or healer who will tell me that these people are clear. They're always a mess. They're always getting worked on on the side. They A lot of healing is really based in how much you let your imagination go. How much can you just free associate, free your mind, let it go? Like that's what the matrix was talking about. Free your mind, Neo. How do you know it's not real? How do you know you can't make that jump? It really is about kind of hallucinating out of your skull, which is something uh, Richard Bartlett talked about, who was one of the people that I learned from early on. He was like, you really have to understand that all of this is bullshit. So the more you can play, the more fun this is all going to be for you. Because you're just looking for a shift. When you're in the field with somebody and you're doing this type of work, your higher, your higher self and their higher self already knows what needs to be done. I'm able to hold the container at the resonance that I am with the clarity that I have at this moment and create a shift. And then I'm able to see, give context, and then talk about it. That's basically what's going on. And there is transformation, very deep levels, and they happen very fast. And I'm very grateful for that. And that's a big contribution to what you guys are doing for yourselves. And that's why it works. And it's a beautiful exchange. So here's how you know when someone is a clear conduit, okay? One, they have full transparency. They're not bullshitting you. They're going through it too. They're not trying to gatekeep and it's approachable. For me, it's about approachability. Yes, there's gonna be a sliding scale with how much individual time you get from somebody, but the the people I have found who are the clearest and have really, really connected communities have kept very, they're not driven by the price. I'll just put it by that. They're not driven by the money. They're not driven by like, I need to charge my worth. I totally understand that. They're just divinely guided and they don't care. They care about the integrity of the work, not the price. And it's not about a positioning thing. Don't be fooled by someone if they're more expensive means they're better. So yes, eventually, you know, people are going to raise their rates if they've been doing what they've been doing for a long time and supply and demand and I get all that. But if that's their main motivator, that's to me a red flag. So full transparency So look for new ways that they put things together. So a clear conduit will have knowledge. They'll have a lot of knowledge. And the way that they put things together somehow feels different and fresh than what you've heard so far in the field. For me, if I just hear one more person talk about Dolores Cannon or um, 
Joe Dispenza, I'm just like, cool. How about your ideas? Because if you're opening that book saying this is what Joe means and then selling a course on that, um, I'm out, right? Like I'm fresh out. The next thing you want to look at is how much they understand how they work. Okay. Do they really understand the mechanics of how they see shit? Can they explain it to you? Can they teach it? So I'm not talking about teaching visualization and manifestation secrets. And then you go into a masterclass, they like make all of these magic hand movements and all of a sudden you're, you're activated baby. And I'm sure that's the case. If they can't explain the details of how they're doing it to me, that would be a red flag. So they should be able to understand exactly how and why the mechanics of how they do things and why they do things, not what makes them different per se or special, but what what they do in terms of how they fit differently into the market or into the space. The next thing is they embody the knowledge. So it's kind of like they share the knowledge, they, they have knowledge, they share the knowledge, and they also embody it, meaning they're switched on. They walk the walk and they talk the talk. When I look at somebody's life, I'm not looking at how much they've achieved. I'm looking at what they share in terms of their experience of being human, right? I'm looking at the approachability. I'm looking at their authenticity. I'm looking at if I can actually believe them. And then I see how I feel. With every single person I've ever worked with, I have had a feeling and a knowing that they were going to be able to help me get to the next level. So yes, I always had a lot of cleanup to do at the end, but it all got me here. So it's all been perfect. So look out for these things, discern, okay? And if you have any questions, ask me, I'm here for you. So in the meantime, stay curious, question everything, be kind to yourself and others, and I will see you guys on another episode.